We've been in a series called Mile Markers, and we've been asking the question, where are we on our journey? Where are we as individuals on our journey in following Jesus? And um, I just want to start out by saying that being an apprentice of Jesus, saying yes to following Jesus, is not the result of of some sort of an ethical choice or some lofty idea. Being an apprentice of Jesus, it begins with an encounter, an encounter with the person of Jesus and the event of the cross and the resurrection. And I just, that that gives a whole new life. It gives a whole new horizon to us. It gives um, a whole new, in a sense, a, a decisive direction to our lives. And what's interesting is if you read these stories of Jesus calling people to follow him, um, it's, just, it's just fascinating. Over, they don't get old to me. And there's, there's new things that come to me um, and to us as we read these stories and we encounter uh, these moments. In Mark chapter 1, it says, as Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen, Jesus says, come and follow me, and I will send you out to fish for people. And at once they left their nets and they followed him. And this this phrase, come and follow me, is actually a really powerful phrase because it, it, it invokes this idea of following Jesus literally on a road as he walks. And in Greek, the word hadas or road is actually also translated the way. And for many centuries, the followers of Jesus were actually called people of the way, people of the road, people that followed after Jesus um, along their life. And so, and it's really the same for us. So our journey following Jesus is actually a journey. It's a life journey from slavery to freedom, from wounding to healing. It's a journey from self-focus to a one of actual others' focus and love. It's a journey from false self, like a, the way I used to think and the way I used to live, to a, to a fuller, true, more complete self, more complete version of yourself. A journey from immaturity to maturity. And our goal in this series is just to simply ask the question, where am I at on my season, in this season of life, this season of life that I'm living, and in my stage of apprenticeship? And what are the invitations from Jesus to me right now? What's happening? Oh, okay, someone's phone. I was like, I didn't know if I was like hearing myself come back or... But so what are the invitations, right? And here's why. Here's why. To Hopefully we can possibly follow, like avoid problems and avoid like different problems in our, I don't even know what's happening right now. Like if we can avoid things that are happening on the horizon, right? Like if, if there's a map, if there are people um, turns out there are that in the last 2,000 years have followed Jesus and have actually written down and actually uh, laid out some, hey, this is what works, this is what doesn't work, here's just what I encountered in this season of my life. And, and, and hopefully we can then, you know, meet the invitations of Jesus right where we're at. 
And here's the other thing it does. It actually gives us compassion for each other. It actually goes, yeah, I've been there. I, I know what you're going through. Or, or here's what you can expect. Or, or, or I know that you're kind of a little bit more immature right now, and I get it. And I'm just going to be patient and walk with you. And the beauty of that in a church like ours is we have people that are far down the road in following Jesus. And we have people that have just begun or, or thinking about beginning. And that's the beauty of all of this. And so the Apostle Paul wrote to the Philippians with this in mind as he was sharing a little bit with them. Um, he, he wrote this. He says, and this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best. It may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Paul's saying that, you know, that, that word righteousness is actually, um, sometimes we get confused on that. Um, what that means is that Paul's saying that for you to experience with the fruit of righteousness, meaning you would have right relationships with people um, around you in your life, that you would have a right relationship with yourself and a right relationship with God. And it turns out if we experience that, what we're experiencing is fullness, like completeness, that we're actually experiencing what God wants us and intended us to experience. And that your love would abound more and more, right? That the more and more you journey with Jesus, that the more and more that you uh, reflect on your life and push into those things in your life, that you would actually become a loving person. That next year, in the year after that, in the year after that, that you would become more and more a person of love instead of a person that's more and more bitter and angry and frustrated and, um, and, and just sad and worried and anxious. That you would actually become a person that's more loving. That your capacity for love for others would grow in your family and in your friendships and in your world. And so here's what we did the last few weeks. The first week we talked about what uh, the ancients called the freeways. And, and this is all on podcasts. And I would encourage you, if you miss one of them, to go back. This is, these are just four different paradigms from people who have followed Jesus for centuries. Like it could be hundreds and hundreds of years old. Um, and in this case, all the way back to the, the church fathers, this idea of awakening, just kind of a pre-stage that just come awake to who God is. And then this idea of purgation, which is basically to purge those things out of our lives that are, aren't true and right and good. And some of those things are very clear. <laughs> they're obvious. And some of them, like when you get further down, they're just like these deep, um, seeded things that are in our lives, that are in our makeup as human beings that we're, we come face to face with. Um, there's, the other stage is illumination. You just become more aware of what God is doing in the world and what God wants you to do with other people. And then this idea of union, that we become just more and more connected with who God is. That's the three ways. We talked about that week one. Week two, we talked about the Shema which is this uh, prayer of the early Israelites and that following Jesus means every part of our lives in every direction. Um, the, the, the verse goes like this. This is out of Deuteronomy. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. This idea that it's like this full life thing. It's not what we've done in the West and as Americans is we've compartmentalized our faith. We've, we've got our work life. We have our, our you know, our, our entertainment life. We have our financial life. And then we have our Sunday morning life. Uh, for the ancient Israelites, that was, that was no way that could work. And in 1 John, this, it's translated, as he is, so we are in this world. And we ask the question, we ask to consider the possibility that you and I have parts of our lives or person that are asleep to following Jesus. That there are places in our life that we have actually, um, that we're not aware of, that we're, or we are aware of, that we're not following Jesus in. The next week we talked about first half of life and second half of life. We, uh, we looked at this curious passage at the end of John and I just think it's just an amazing passage of Scripture, John 21. And Jesus says, very truly I tell you, and he's talking to Peter, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. And Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And then he said to him, follow me. This idea for Peter... Uh, that, you know, one day things will change and I still want you to follow me. One day you're not going to have the things that you have now and I still want you to follow me. And we broke this down, the ancients have, into two different seasons of life. What the ancients call essential discipleship, which is the struggle to get our lives together and how the first half of life is all about uh, career and gaining things and figuring out our identity and, and pushing into those things in our lives. And then the second half of life is what the ancients call mature discipleship, which is the struggle to give our lives away. In this first half of life and the second half of life, and that Jesus is saying, no matter what, what stage you're in, follow me, follow me. And then the, the final paradigm is what we call active and passive spirituality, which there are things that we do actively to follow Jesus. We can read our Bibles and it's self-effort, empowered really by grace, but self-effort, you know, disciplines, coming to church, breaking bread in community. Uh, maybe you're in the, in the hard work of therapy and digging into your past, and, and maybe this is idea of of, of repentance and continuing to, to some, crucify some things in your life and, and to move past some things in your life. And that's kind of the self-effort. That's the active part. But then there's this passive part, and it's much more uncomfortable because it feels like it's the exact opposite. It feels like there are aspects to our following Jesus that is where God is trying to do things in us and we don't have much control over it. And it's usually through things that are both, one, out of our control and two, against our will. Out of our control, we love that, and against our will. And I just want to clear something up from that week. I want to make sure I'm really, really clear. 
Followers of Jesus are all called to pick up their cross and follow Jesus. And that is um, the essential invitation of Jesus. And we also hear in our culture this phrase that is, um, this is my cross to bear. Have you heard have you heard that phrase before? And Dan and I were talking about this because he had a little pushback. He wanted to make sure I was making things clear. And I'm going to make things clear today. When hard things happen to us, when there's a diagnosis or there's some pain or some suffering in our lives, that is not taking up our cross and following Jesus. That is life. This is what Jay-Z, the famous theologian, called the hard knocks of life. That doesn't mean that God doesn't work through those. He actually does. And this is what we call passive spirituality, that sometimes in this pain in our life, that God is at work in it. And what I may have misstepped and said a few weeks ago was that these are our cross. It's not. Following Jesus and laying down our life in, in, in a whole bunch of different ways in our discipleship to Jesus is our cross to bear. So I just wanted to make sure that was clear. And the goal has been throughout this whole series, and it's often difficult and uncomfortable, is to reflect on our life. To reflect on your stage of life, your season of life, and your stage of following Jesus in the season of life. So whether you are expecting a child, or whether you've just lost a loved one, or whether you are an empty nester, or whether you're just headed off into the world, or whatever it is, wherever you are in your season of life, in your stage of following Jesus. Last week, we kind of threw out an idea to you. Um, And like I said, you can go back and listen to all of this. The idea last week was this. Is there a practice that is non-negotiable in following Jesus? And we said, yes, there is. And that is community. And it's a non-negotiable because when Jesus called his disciples, he called them not only to follow him, but to follow him in community. He didn't have one disciple at a time say, okay, you've graduated, next, you know. He, he called this ragtag group of misfits to follow him. And we talked about how crazy they were different. You had a couple zealots that wanted to fight Rome, and then you had a guy who was a tax collector who was basically in Rome's pocket. And they all sat around Jesus, an apprentice, and how it's intimidating to do this. And how sometimes we have our own baggage we bring to the table. And sometimes we're intimidated and, and we have ideal, uh, you know, kind of this idealism and, and all of that stuff. And we talked about how we have to give up our, uh, our aut- autonomy and our idealism and jump into community despite our fear. And so we've encouraged you to do that. That it just can't be you by yourself following Jesus, that you have to have other people in your life. And so I just want to encourage you with that. We actually have two new small groups starting, that we have a bunch of other groups already happening that would love to have you in them, that it will require you committing a night of the week, and it it will require you to show up when you're not feeling like it, um, and, and all of that stuff. And I'm just telling you, I'm here to tell you that it matters. It really matters. 
And, and so there's ways for you to do that. And there's a connection card in your row. If you want to be a part of a group, we can help. We will literally help you connect up. You can go on our website and, and on the grow section, you click that and you click on groups and you can and shoot, you can shoot your information our way and we will connect you. But it takes you making that, in, in, that move. No one can make that move for you, but you, you and your spouse, you by yourself, whatever it takes. But what I wanted to do, just the recap's over, what I wanted to do is have a conversation with a friend of mine and yours, Ben Ewing. And Ben, just, why don't you come up? Um, What we're going to do is we're just going to have a chat about Ben's stage of life (laughs) and his season. You want that close by over there? Okay. Um, We feel like stories are really important in people's lives journeys are really important and better than me just yammering on and on figured we'd chat and um, here's the other thing a lot of times when churches have people up to share their story there's usually like this nice little bow tied on at the end like oh it's all better now that's not today Um, so, uh, some of you guys know Ben, um, Ben and Dan have been a part of our church since it began. And, uh, Ben, we're just going to talk about what's your season of life right now. Tell everybody about your family, where you're at. Sure. Uh, so I am, oh, I turned 36 on next Sunday. Second half of life. Yeah, I know. Is that actually, I'm curious what everyone thinks about that. (laughs) We're trying to figure out where the line is between young adult and not. Yeah. So feedback, let me know. Um, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Very different, pers- different perspectives <laughs> in the room. Uh, but yeah, so I, I turned 36 on Sunday, next Sunday. I've uh, been married to Dana for 12 years, 12 and a half. Uh, we have two kids, uh, Silas and Asher. They are eight and six. Um, I have a house. I have a job that I love. I have... Uh, also a lot, uh, but I, yeah, we, we have so, so many good things going on, uh, and that's the, like, you know, that's the season resume bullet yeah. type sharing of stages. Yep. <laughs> and there's been a little journey you've been on, and it has to do with uh, your body and pain. Um, many people in the room don't know, but Ben, Ben's, Ben likes sports. He's liked sports all of his life. And he got into this crazy sport called team handball way back in the day. What was your first – you started doing team ball, handball when you were how old? It was actually college. So, college. Was, yeah, started at 19. And he got to a level where um, he was training for the Olympics um, with the national team in Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, Mr. Ben here was the goalie. And so uh, he dove a lot. And <laughs> – stretched his body to the limits to the point of now in his ripe age of 36 uh, he's has some major hip problems and we're just gonna talk us through the journey of pain and kind of what's happened there sure so uh i discovered i was super broken about four years ago i was on a (laughs) no laughing hannah 
Um, I was uh, I was on a nine mile run for a uh, just training for a half marathon, and something something broke, uh, and that was kind of the the first time where I realized that I have actually I have a serious problem. So that the whole journey started about four years ago. But prior to that, it was just doing a lot of yoga and pain and you know just managing my body. Managing I thought it, it was fine. Um, <clears throat> so let's let's just fast forward because there's a lot there. But fast forward to. Uh, about a year ago, where I had uh, had a surgery three years ago, I've been going through physical therapy and injections and all kinds of crazy stuff to essentially try to prevent hip replacement. So uh, they don't like to do hip replace or uh, they don't like to replace hips in people that are on the second half, early second half. Oh, I don't know what I'm trying to do, uh, but the, yeah, they don't like to do that. So uh, about a year ago, I got to the point where I had essentially exhausted all of my treatment options. There weren't there. There wasn't anything to go. There wasn't anything to go like check a box and make it better. Mm-hmm. And uh, through this time in uh, February ish, I was going through the faith walking two hundred one process, um, doing not a good job at that. Uh, <laughs> but I was behind all the time. Um, ask Barrett or Ryan. But and so, but I remember one point uh, where I was I was I was diving into some of the curriculum there, and I was in a place where I didn't I didn't have a choice. I didn't have any options. I didn't have. I was stuck, um, and I, I don't remember the exact text I was reading through, but it was uh, essentially asking where where my hope where my hope was. So, uh, in that moment, I realized how strongly my hope was in finding a fix to the problem and finding the next treatment or getting out of pain. Um, and clearly, I'm sitting here on a Sunday morning in church. The right answer is Jesus. Uh, so <laughs> find your find your hope in Christ, and that's not just a joke; it's actually true. But uh, uh, but I realized, like, what what is it, it? It didn't. My actions and how I was living didn't line up with me saying that. Um, and I had uh, one of the loudest uh, direct words from the Lord uh, I've ever had at that time that came in the form of a question, which was. What if the pain was my reminder to practice the presence of the Lord? Um, and so, here we go. <laughs> but uh, and so that was a major, major paradigm shift. Where it's like, how can I be fully me? How can I be fully alive? But without the hope of getting out of pain. Uh, and that began, yeah, the journey over the last year. And it's been an up and down journey. Um, and I know because in Ben's life and because I'm grumpy because sometimes sometimes he's just super fun to be around and uh, <laughs> I am so. <laughs> um, but it's hard because there's nothing friends can do there's nothing Dana can do hug Dana uh, yeah Dana's the one that needs love um, there's nothing that we can do and um and so it's a roller coaster. It's a roller coaster of managing the pain and managing uh, kind of where you're at, uh, not only mentally, but spiritually. Um, and then this week happens. So <laughs> you, get, you get a surgery date on the calendar, and it's all going well sure. until what, Wednesday? I mean, this... this <laughs> It's funny, like, this is a big thing for you because I've been extra grumpy. But to me, this is, like, I, it's just, it's very consistent <laughs> with the last, the last year. And so, 
I mean, I, I want to back up just a hair because this is the, I just got to set this up, right? So, so the, uh, the first quarter of my year of like <laughs> practicing the presence of God when my iPhone hip reminder goes bing, uh, and, and like that's my cue to practice, right? So first thing I experienced there was this, this crazy dichotomy where I had equal parts um, discomfort and peace. And it was at the exact same time, and it was, uh, I, 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 you can't, I can't, I can't, there's no explaining it. It was both, uh, both of these things in equal measure at the same time. And I was so grateful for the peace that I received while being super angry. It was so weird. Uh, so that, that was, that kind of led into, um, just to, to keep it brief, uh, but to just, just led into this. Um, this place where we're learning to be okay, learning to be me without the potential of getting out of pain. And through that has been, I've, I've, it's just the, the, the depth of the portion of the spirit that I've been given. It's like me talking like that sounds ridiculous to former me. Um, but it's, uh, it's been a crazy, crazy journey. Um, the last three months or so, the pain has escalated. <clears throat> It's been uh, affecting my sleep, so that makes it hard. <laughs> um, but that, so I'm, I'm seeking options. Uh, the, the hardest day, which is why I backed up a little bit, the hardest day, one of the hardest was uh, I got a new MRI, showed progression in the arthritis. And I'm like, yes, we're going to replace this thing. Like, it's just going to be done. And so I go... Uh, Go see my docs, review the MRI, shows the progression. I'm heading towards a, you know, a big surgery that I'm so, relatively speaking, pumped about it because <laughs> there's a, you know, an end in sight. <clears throat> and then this new doctor shows up who's you know, super smart and fancy and tells me I can do other options. So that was the, yeah. So the other options are experimental. They're not, you know, they, uh, we'll see how they go. But so that was day one that was like, you know, I was trucking towards the, you know, the end goal, um, and now it's back into this mix. And then we scheduled the surgery for those other options, and then <laughs> they they fell through at the last minute. So I was supposed to have surgery on Friday, actually, um, and uh, <laughs> didn't uh, <laughs> because of insurance and some other things. So because uh, that system is totally perfect in our country. You want to do that up here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not really. <laughs> I'm down, but whatever. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, uh, but yeah, I, uh, it has been a nonstop roller coaster of resetting expectations, of manage like oh, that day, that day that I found out there are more options, and my hip replacement doctor was like, his message has been the same: if there are options, do those because you're young. In your face, uh, but that's, that's for Gene. Um, but the. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so there are more options. And that day, I found I was so like, I was distraught. Uh, all the, all the, uh, and in that same moment, I had that the equal portions. I watched uh, like this weird out of body experience where I'm watching my hope go back to Christ instead of in this surgery. Uh, all the while working really hard to schedule the surgery, but uh, it's just I don't know, crazy journey, crazy continuum. I haven't cried as much as I thought. Well, you did just tell Jean, who had double knee replacement in your face. You just you just did that. Yeah, she tore some stuff yeah, on her yeah, knee too. Yeah. yeah. 
just wanted to point that out for the podcast. Um, so the last question, Ben, and actually, no, there's not. There's one more. But um, so what are the invitations then for you from Jesus in this season? Yeah, big question. See um, how easy this is? It's just so easy. When Ryan, when Ryan is like, hey, you should come up and uh, tell us your story. And well, he started by, is like, well, I don't want to get have someone come up here and just like, they had an, a, you know, some event and they overcame it. And then they are like, we're, you know, everything's all buttoned up. And I'm like, go on. Yeah, <laughs> see why see why we're talking. Uh, it's very encouraging. Uh, but uh, I totally forgot the question. <laughs> what, are, what are the invitations? There it is, the important one. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, that one. So the the invitation throughout all of this, um, actually, I want to highlight this with a, a story from a Bethel concert. I am not a Christian concert goer. Um, went to a Bethel concert with the worship team, and it was a great great night. Uh, great night hanging with these guys and and, and worshiping. Um, we had this moment where uh, Bethel was big in healing. Um, and I'm like, you know, as soon as they start, I'm like, oh, great, here we go. Definitely, people are putting hands on me, guaranteed. Uh, <laughs> but, which happened, and it was beautiful. Uh, but we, I found myself, the way that the, uh, the this wonderful long-haired man, I don't know anybody's name, uh, was presenting this on stage was, um, he his, his, this was not his intent. And I want to make sure that's clear. But what was, what, what came out to me was that God is more glorified in a healing event, then here we go. Hmm. Then it not, and, uh, and so I was mad at that. I was mad at that guy. I wasn't mad at God, but <laughs> um, and that, that it, it wasn't the full picture to me. And wow, all of my wonderful uh, worship team friends and uh, you know hands were on me. I was praying. Um, I don't know how else to describe it besides I was filled with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit uh, very clearly just rejected that idea that God is is just as present and glorified and being used in the pain as he is in healing. Um, Yeah, so that that cracked me, obviously. Um, But that has been the invitation uh, for me. It's that... uh, I don't have to solve this and check a box to move on to the next. Uh, I don't have to. Uh, I love how Jen started the service this morning, saying it's like, you know, don't don't leave your stuff at the door. Bring it in uh, because we are. I mean, <laughs> all everything I've shared today is first world problems. Like it really is, <laughs> and yet this is my experience. Uh, and so don't don't leave it at the door. Bring bring your whole selves, and that has been the invitation and God is glorified through that not through and through miraculous healing and through these other things but it's it, it's not a requirement he is there he is present and that's been the invitation what is the role of community played in your journey well, I asked everybody how they're doing about listening to me whine <laughs> um It's just invaluable. I, uh, I am not one who is on the intimidated scale in terms of being vulnerable or uh, <laughs> I'm not afraid of people. 
but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I want people to, to, to I, so th that part wasn't hard for me in terms of getting over, you know, there wasn't a hump to get over in that sense, but but the community that has come around me, uh, come around my family, uh, and, and there's so many people in this room, uh, I can't even name names, but it's just, couldn't imagine doing it differently. We moved to where we did for it. We like, yeah, we're just all in because uh, it has produced a, a fruit in a sense that I wouldn't have expected over this last year. So. And you got a killer cake this week. So it's a lot of Hannah references yeah. in this talk. <laughs> I want to pray for you. And um, God, thank you so much for Ben. And we can see that. You are doing something in him that's out of his control and against his will. And we're encouraged only because that's our experience too in many other ways. Ben. Pray that you would um, show him the way forward as he takes his next step in this next season. And maybe God, that you know, we would love for Him to experience complete healing. But we know that any complete healing that we experience on this side of the resurrection is incomplete. And we know that one day Ben will experience complete healing. And so, God, we're so grateful for Him and His story and His heart and how You're working in Him. We pray these things in Your a hand. Let's, uh, let me just bring this home and just share with you what does this all mean? What is the end goal of all this? What is this end goal of this journey for us? Wherever you are in your stage or your season of life, what's the end goal? Is the end goal going to heaven when you die? not the end goal. The end goal is much better than that. The end goal is love. The end goal is to be like our rabbi. The end goal is to be like Jesus. And here's the thing. I love the Bible. I love the church, even though I've seen a lot of dysfunctional church. It's not why I follow Jesus. Why I follow Jesus is because of an encounter with Jesus. I follow Jesus because of an encounter with Jesus is laid bare, an encounter with myself. My world was expanded. I was, I mean, this audacious claim of Jesus that because of Easter, you and I can experience anastasis. We can experience new life. Because of an event that happened in time and space, in thirty, in somewhere in the thirty A.D.s, outside of a, outside of Jerusalem on a hill, when people were about to anoint a body for burial, and that body was gone, and resurrection had happened. It's not an ideology. It's not about an ethical vision. It's not about an ism. It's about a dead body being brought back to life. Hundreds of witnesses bear, who saw this 
this Jesus rise from the dead and, and gave testimony to that only to experience uh, pain and suffering in their life because of that. We have hope in Jesus because of that event. That human history is going somewhere. That your life is going somewhere. That, that there is someone out of head of, ahead of you and ahead of us and that is Jesus, and that he is the Lord over all creation. And no matter through our pain and our setbacks and all the stuff in our life that's not the will of God, that he is still out ahead of us, and he is our champion, and he is our guide forward. And the story starting with Abraham and reaching its zenith in this rabbi Jesus of Nazareth that this story, that your story, that it's not over and the best is still to come. And so when the economy lets us down and politicians let us down and our government lets us down and, and our career falls apart and relationships fail us and our church disappoints us and when I let you down, and if I haven't let you down yet, just stick around. When all the suffering and pain in our life and even death itself is in front of us, and we can still get out of bed in the morning and follow because Jesus said, Peter, this is what's going to happen. Follow me. Not because we believe human beings can solve all the world's problems. It's actually because we believe human beings are the root of all the world's problems. There's something j- jacked up in our hearts. And Jesus comes to redeem us 